Welcome to the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. All the information you need to make the most of your fantasy football league with just a touch of sarcasm to keep you from taking yourself too seriously. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this latest episode of the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Cheddarhead Fantasy Football Podcast. Well, it happened. Winter has finally reached us here in in good old Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I I was up at 6 o'clock this morning, uh, snow blowing about 6 inches maybe of snow from the the sidewalk and the driveways. Um, And thank God I got got the snowblower checked out this this summer because that helped a lot. I didn't realize how bad that thing was last year when... When I was when I was snowblown, it took no time at all. But hey, it's NFC AFC Championship weekend in football, so we got a little bit of a show for you. Mainly because there's some betting to do, and when there's betting to do, you got to put a show out there. We're going to start off with some news and notes, some of the things that have been happening in the NFL and how they relate to fantasy football, as well as, like I said, our degenerate gambling segment, our sports investing. And then we'll end the show like we always do with a Fantasy Girl of the Week. Be sure to check out the website, mycffl.com. Mycffl.com, the place to go where we have the links for all the news items. We have my picks that will be up there for for the bets for the championship games this weekend. And we have the Fantasy Girl. You want to send us an email? Be sure to do that. cffpodcast at hotmail.com. Or you can get Dan at strap1971 at yahoo.com. Or you want to leave a message or you want to send us a text that we should read on the air for you, feel free to do that on the fan call-in line, 414-520-8249. It's uh, going to be a fun weekend. There's, there's actually two really good games this week, and I'm excited for both of them. Um, my favorite game to watch this week is probably going to be uh, the Chiefs and the Patriots. It, it'll be nice to... Hopefully watch Tom Brady finally get lit up and sent packing home. Um, I'm not going to mind having to sit and watch the Saints-Rams either. I have two nice Vegas uh, tickets on that one. I have a Rams to win the NFC Conference Championship. I have a Rams to win the Super Bowl. I have a uh, Chiefs to win the AFC Conference Championship. And I have a Saints to win the Super Bowl ticket. So hopefully I'm going to make some money somewhere this weekend. Uh, but until then, uh, we'll just sit back and enjoy the games. It's time, though. we got to get the news and notes done so we can get this show rolling. So here we go with some news and notes in the fantasy relevance for you. As always, I like to start the news with the biggest, most interesting story to me, and that is going to be, where will Antonio Brown play next season? This is going to be the question of the offseason. In fact, the Antonio Brown situation in Pittsburgh has virtually taken all the focus off the Le'Veon Bell situation in Pittsburgh. And for what it's worth, 
there's at least one NFL head coach who won't be making a play for the Steelers wide receiver. New head coach for the Buccaneers, Bruce Arians. He came out when asked about Antonio Brown saying, quote, there's too much miscommunication. There's too much diva. I like Antonio. He plays as hard as anybody on Sunday, and he practices hard. He's just got to make better decisions off the field, be on time, and do some of those things. Now, now Bruce Arians would know about Antonio Brown since Arian was Brown's offensive coordinator for the first two years of Brown's career. And, of course, what would a comment from a former coach be without a response from Antonio Brown proving what Bruce Arian said? And now I'm going I'm to read this exactly how Brown put it in his comment. So um, this isn't me. This is, this is the words of Brown. So take it for what it's worth. Quote, he didn't draft me, Brown stated. He drafted Emmanuel Sanders, same guy who missed rehab to go on networks to talk about me on situation he have zero clue. Arians now wear kangoo hats and glasses, but I'm a diva? Done seen it all? Then they say, we friends, stop lying. Now, when I first read this, lying is spelled lean, as in, you have a lien on your house when you get a second mortgage. Um, so I'm reading through this, and I, I figured it was lying because I can't imagine after reading this that Antonio Brown has any idea the word lean and what that means. So, yes, lion, L-I-E-N, lion. Now, you can tell by the comments and the grammar which one is the actual adult in this conversation. Uh, you, you decide. Brown? Or Arians. Yes, like I said, that last word in Brown's comment was lion. L-I-E-N, lion. And if that isn't enough barely legible English for you, we are lucky enough to have a response from Emmanuel Sanders, who was also targeted by Brown's tweets. Sanders responded, you're going to love this one too. You know damn well I didn't travel to L.A. to talk about you, fam. You tripping, yo. I went to be an analyst in which you acting foolish was the topic, and I gave my analytical opinion. Get off the gas, yo. You did it to yourself. Now, I'm just going to leave it at that. I have absolutely zero clue what most of that meant. Glad to see these two made the most out of their free education. But what does this mean for fantasy football players out there? And, and, I could be pretty good with this one because I have a guy in the CFFL, which is our keeper league, uh, who has had Antonio Brown for the last three seasons. And in our league, after three seasons, you have to either trade the player or put him back in the draft. And uh, this this owner has been trying to um, make a deal with me for Antonio Brown. And at first I I was very interested, but uh, lately with everything that's been going on, I'm I'm kind of holding off now. I kind of want to see if Brown goes somewhere, where he goes, and what happens between now and then. Because he was in a great situation in Pittsburgh, and he chose to sit his butt on the sidelines for the last couple games because he had a beef going with players on his team. I don't know how cool I'm going to be trying to count on a guy who can't 
keep his emotions in check, can't keep his attitude in check, can't get along with his team members, what's he going to do on a new team, and how is that cancer going to spread on that team? So I'd like to make the deal. I think I'm just going to hold off, and this is what I would kind of suggest for everybody out there. If you have Antonio Brown on your team and you're in a keeper league, um, hold off as long as you can before you have to name your keepers for next season. See what happens with this guy and how much of a headache you want to put up with. Um, I kind of feel bad for, for the guy in our league because not only did he have Antonio Brown, but he also had to deal with Le'Veon Bell, who he had on his team. Kept Le'Veon Bell from last year and wasn't able to play him either, which is going to be another cancer situation, I think, um, depending on where he goes in the offseason. So that, that's my that's my suggestion. That's my my opinion. Wait off on, on Antonio Brown. See what happens. See what kind of a teammate he looks to be during training camp if you're going to be drafting players. Luckily, in, in our league, our keeper league, we don't have to name our keepers until um, like right before – right before our draft. So you, we get a lot of time to look at how things are going. So I, I'm going to want to see how this guy does in training camp, how this guy does, where he goes, and, and things like that. In other news, speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Art Rooney, owner of the Steelers, met with local print media members this past Wednesday to provide a different look into the state of the Steelers. Rooney also addressed the Brown problem. He was asked if he thought Brown was a distraction. Wait till you hear this. Rooney responded, quote, Brown was not a distraction until the last week of the season. The situation changed the last week of the season. Rooney went on to say Brown received his final game check despite choosing to sit out of the Week 17 game. And this is why these players do what they do because it doesn't matter what they do if you got teams that are going to pay them for not working. If if I call in sick or if I decide not to show up at work, do you think I'm going to get my paycheck for that day? I don't think so. Now, Rooney continued, he probably did what he needed to do to avoid his last check being voided. Yes, and yet you let him do that. You gave him his check, and you fed into his ego problem, his his attitude problem, and his team cancer problem. Now, I'm no HR professional here. However, if you have guys sitting out of games or figuring out what they need to do in order to get their last paycheck of the season, and any of those ideas involve not being there and playing with your teammates, that by definition would be a distraction. Am I wrong? Next story. Here's a great story that I'm sure Wayne and the CFFL, our, our executive producer, is going to love. Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson told the mad stabber, alleged murderer from a Super Bowl a few years back, Ray Lewis, I want to bring the Super Bowl here. I want to be the Tom Brady of Baltimore. I want to be the Brady. Bring multiple if I could. Uh, end quote. Okay. First thing you're going to have to do is, number one, learn how to throw the ball and be a quarterback. 
Jackson, as you remember, replaced Joe Flacco for the Ravens and led the team to finish the year with a 6-1 and record, which also allowed them to win the AFC North title. Now, much like the New England Patriots always winning the, NFC, or the AFC East, the AFC North title, something they, the Baltimore Ravens should be doing every year. There ain't much action there in the AFC North. He also became the youngest quarterback to start a playoff game. He also became the youngest quarterback to lose a playoff game. Like all other quarterbacks that cannot throw the football, the Ravens were destroyed in that game, and it led to Jackson making excuses saying, we lost because I didn't play my game. And there it is. That is a look into what will be the downfall of Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. The belief that it is Lamar Jackson being Lamar Jackson that will bring victories to the Ravens rather than Lamar Jackson being a team player that will lead the Ravens to victories. In my opinion, Jackson has a lot to learn about how the NFL game is played. This isn't a you-have-the-ball-in-your-hand-so-run-it-if-you-can't-throw-it league. Jackson is going to have to learn how to be more effective pocket passer and a pro-style quarterback. Until then... It will be disappointment after disappointment for the Ravens, in my humble opinion. Next, are you getting excited for the upcoming NFL rookie draft? Kyler Murray, Heisman Trophy winner from the Oklahoma Sooners is. He has declared for the draft, apparently putting the guaranteed money that was coming his way after being drafted to play baseball by the Oakland A's on hold. Murray is the next iteration, in my opinion, of Lamar Jackson, albeit a shorter version of Lamar Jackson who can actually throw the ball. Murray is expected, of course, to be a first-round selection. I frankly just do not get it. No matter what great lauds you put on this guy, it will never change the fact that he is five foot nine inches tall and weighs a mere 195 pounds. Now, I know once he gets to the combines, those guys are going to do everything they can to make sure that... <laughs> Kyler Murray clocks in at five foot ten inches tall. For whatever that matters, they're gonna try and make him do whatever he can to be five in five feet ten. But the fact is, he's five nine. He's short and he's light. Hell, Russell Wilson is two inches taller than Murray, and everyone complains that he's too short to be a quality quarterback in the NFL. My prediction is this. Murray will likely be another first-round pick, a reach, much the same way Lamar Jackson was this season. Tim Tebow was a few years back. Murray will likely end up much the same way Tebow and Johnny Manziel did, not playing in the NFL very long and not being a starting quarterback of note. Next, reports out of Jacksonville are that the Jaguars may just be interested in making Nick Foles their starting quarterback for 2019. The move makes sense for both sides. Jacksonville needs an upgrade for Blake Bortles, something Foles could provide. And secondly, the Jaguars are likely to make one of the college quarterbacks in the draft their pick in the first round of this year's draft. If that is true, that guy is going to need some time to study and someone to study under for a year or two since the guys coming out of this year's draft are not likely to be first-year starters. Right now, the Jaguars are slated to pick at number seven. However, there's already talk about there out there about them moving up to the top five in order to try and select Dwayne Haskins, quarterback out of Ohio State University. 
before the Giants get the chance to draft him at number six. If they do not take Haskins, I could see them being the team that's going to be taking a chance on Kyler Murray, assuming they can get some guarantee from him that he doesn't just run off to play baseball. And finally, like I usually do in the news and notes, we're going to end the show or end the news and notes with some Cam Newton news. Reports are that Cam Newton is in danger of missing the 2019 season, as it is reported that he is likely to need surgery on his throwing shoulder. As most of these athletes do, Newton is going to first try just resting the shoulder to see if that will magically heal the problem. Then, when that doesn't work, he will likely have surgery once the start of training camp comes around. Here's a little free advice for for Newton. Get the surgery done as soon as possible rather than throwing away valuable time that could you could use to rehab. And I, I understand that that they need to let the thing heal out a little bit and rest and see if if there's any surgery they can do because this is a shoulder that he already had surgery on before and they're not quite sure if they're even going to be able to do surgery on it. And if they can't, he's going to have to play with every soreness he has. And as we watched him last year, that was not a very good Cam Newton experience last year. He looked terrible throwing the ball down the field. He looked like he was in pain every time he uh, threw the ball. And I don't, I don't see this ending good for him. If he has surgery, he's done for next year, much like Andrew Luck was. And uh, it might even be longer than that. That's it for the news and notes, everybody. Uh, it's time to get into the casino and make some money on this week's championship games. Shall we do that? Ace Rothstein was a hell of a handicapper. I can tell you that. I got to warn you, Clark. They don't play the same games here as they do at them regular casinos. Here we are in the casino, and this is at the second-to-last betting week for the NFL games. The NFC and the AFC Championship games, the second-to-last time for you to make some money from your man and to bring home a profit for you. So there's two games. means not a lot of betting action out there, but what is out there are some pretty good numbers that I like a lot. And you can take these picks that I'm making if you'd like. If not, Feel free not to. Check them out on the website. They'll be up there, and you can check what Dan and I have done in the past this season, mycfl.com, on the wager page. The first game that I'm looking at, the L.A. Rams and the New Orleans Saints. Right now the spread is the Rams plus 3.5, and, and that's actually the, the side I'm going to go with. When I made my bet, it was Rams plus 3.5. It is now down to, I believe, Rams plus 3. Um I'm fine either way. If you get plus three, that's fine. Either way, the Saints would have to win by four in order for you to lose either way. So I'm taking, I got three and a half, so I'm going to do that. Because as you all saw last week when the Saints played the Eagles, the Saints lack a true number two receiver, which has hindered some of Drew Brees' offensive opportunities. You cannot just keep throwing the ball unendingly to Michael Thomas and hope for the best. Teams are now starting to lock in on stopping Drew Brees which has forced Sean Payton to change his game plan for New Orleans, making him more willing to give the ball to Kamara and Ingram in hopes of trying to eat away at the clock. Also, the thing I don't like for the Saints right now is Drew Brees, I don't know 
what's changed since the beginning of the season, but he just does not look to have the same strength in his arm that he had at the beginning of the season. Balls aren't getting down the field very far, and everything seems to be short for him. Uh, the short passes are, are doing fine, and, and if he can live on that, uh, the Saints will do fine. But when it comes to throwing down the field, he just doesn't seem to have it in him late in the season right now. Add to that, he doesn't have a tight end this week. His, his number one tight end is, is out, and both sides of his offensive line are injured and, and not playing very well. And if they are playing, um, they're playing with a lot of injuries. So it when you look at it that way, it doesn't look very good for me for the Saints. On the other hand, though, Goff and the Rams, hold, their home and away splits are, are very different and not in a positive way. Uh, when away for the Rams, um, the Rams are, are not – very good at scoring, as as you were able to see um, when they played the Saints last time. Uh, I don't think this means much in this game where the teams are not having to worry about weather this week, uh, playing in the Dome. The big question for me is, will the Rams have their running game working the way they did last week against Dallas? I know last week they were they were focusing on the run because uh, they, they thought they could... Uh, exploit the defensive line of Dallas. I don't know what their plan is this week for the, for the for the Saints, but we'll find out tomorrow. Um, I believe that the Rams are going to be moving away from the run this week, seeing as how the Saints have the third best rushing defense in the NFL. Um, my my problem is is with with moving away from the running game. That means you're going to be relying on your passing game, and out of the four quarterbacks. I think Jared Goff is probably the worst of the four that you could want in in this game this weekend. Um, I'm also kind of scared of my over-under pick in this game. When I made my picks, the number stood at 57. If everything goes the way it should, the Saints could score 50 points on their own. Deep down, I'm worried about the Rams being ranked 19th in NFL sack rate and their 28th ranked rush defense. With that being said... I'm still going to do it. I'm making my pick in the over-under as under 57, but I'm not extremely confident about it. So this is what I'm doing. When it comes to picking my side, seeing as how there are only two games this weekend, you are literally capable of finding stats on any little thing you want to look for. Um, For the true degenerates out there, I even found trends that deal with who the refs are going to be, and this is actually helping me make my pick for the game. In the NFC Championship game, the ref is going to be Bill Vinovich. In the games he has refed, the favorites are 39-42-2 against the spread, while home teams are a similar 38-44-2 against the spread. The Rams, they're not happy about Bill Vinovich being the referee either because they are 0-5 straight up and against the spread this year in games that Vinovich has been the ref. I'm not going to choose to ignore that trend, I'm more into looking at longer trend lines, and therefore I'm going to take the first trend line dealing with the records in the games he has been the ref. Uh, So like I said at the beginning, I'm going to be taking the Rams plus 3.5. I think the Rams are going to win this game outright, so getting the 3.5 points is is, is just a bonus for me. And since I like the Rams, and since I think the Rams are going to win this game outright, I'm also going to put $5 on the money line, getting me plus 155 for the Rams. So in this game, I have... The Rams plus three and a half. I have the Rams money line 
and I have the under 57 points. There's three bets right there. The next game, Kansas City versus New England. Right now it's Kansas City minus three. When I when I made my picks, when I made my bets, it was Kansas City minus three. And yes, the Patriots look good against the Chargers, but much of that had to do with the Chargers being in a terrible position, being at their second straight cross-country road playoff game. They looked like they were just simply out of gas. When Tom Brady looks faster than your defensive lineman, that isn't saying much for your chances. So, give the Patriots credit for taking advantage of a perfect storm situation in their game last week against the Chargers, but you need to pump the brakes a bit for this week. Gronkowski is now seriously talking about retirement and is still invisible. Even though he can be seen on the field, he isn't involved in many plays. Blocking is uh, not going to get points for those New England Patriots. He has a mere five catches in the Patriots' last four games. Gordon, as you know, has been suspended for a long time. Edelman and White are the main two guys doing anything for the Patriots lately. A two-headed offensive attack is not going to be anywhere near enough to get the job done against a stout Chiefs defense. You might be trying to talk yourself into taking the Patriots into points because it isn't often that you are getting points when you bet on the Patriots. However, do remember this. It is likely to be a true winter game in Kansas City Sunday afternoon. The temperatures are expected to be right around zero degrees at kickoff. That is just going to make Tom Brady even slower, dare I say, brittle, if that's possible. The cold weather didn't seem to hinder Patrick Mahomes at all last week, the way the talking heads thought it would when the, when the Chiefs destroyed the Colts in the snow. The one thing I do like because of the weather that is predicted is the under 57. I will be making that one of my picks. When it comes to the side in this game, um, time to again go one, full degenerate on here. Cleet Blakeman is your ref for this game. Favorites are 63, 73, and 5 against the spread, and home teams are 63, 71, and 5 against the spread. The Chiefs are 4-2-2 two, and two against the spread with Blakeman as the ref, while the Patriots are just 2-6 and six against the spread with Blakeman calling the fouls. Yes, you have to worry about the whole conspiracy theory out there that the owner of the Patriots have some kind of picture evidence on someone high up in the NFL. How else do you explain the constant benefit of the doubt they get in every game? But remember, Blakeman was... One of the officials that measured the PSI in the balls when Brady was part of the Deflategate scandal. So I am not quite sure if Blady and Blakeman are exchanging Christmas cards every year. Either way, I cannot find any way to talk myself into the Patriots winning this game. I think they are simply going to be overmatched against Kansas City. And this isn't the same Patriots team that beat the Chiefs during the regular season. I'm taking the Chiefs and giving up the three points. So here are all my picks. each, Rams plus 3, Chiefs minus 3, Rams money line, Rams and Saints under 57, Chiefs and Patriots under 57. I also have a $10 parlay using the Rams money line pick, the Rams and Saints under 57, Chiefs minus 3, and Chiefs and Patriots under 57. And those are the wagers for this week from me. Like I said, use them if you like. If you don't, I at least gave you some information to think about. Um, 
Remember, don't bet any more than you can afford to lose, and it's only gambling if you don't know what you're doing. And now it's time to end the show the way we always do. A little bit of Fantasy Girl for the Week for you. That's right, that music means it is time for the Fantasy Girl of the Week. Your excursion into gorgeous women on a fantasy football website. Check her out on the Fantasy Girl of the Week section of the website, www.myCFFL.com. This week, as I've been trying to do whenever possible, uh, our Fantasy Girl has something to do with what's going on in, in, in the world of sports or entertainment or something news-related for the time. And this week, it is the third week uh, of the AMA Supercross series. Well, I don't know if the AMA, it's, it's the Monster Energy Supercross series. I don't think the AMA and the Monster Energy Supercross series are the same thing. It's the Monster Energy Supercross series. And this week, we have Miss Monster Energy, Juliana Danielle, is going to be our Fantasy Girl of the Week. Juliana was born in November of 1993, and sports has always been a big part of her life. In high school, it was track and field. She did pole vaulting, sprinting, and she was also a swimmer. After high school, she attended Virginia Tech on a swimming scholarship. After she was done in college... She had a job dancing for the, her hometown Atlanta Hawks NBA team. She also cheered for the Atlanta Braves and the NHL Atlanta Thrashers when they were actually in the NHL no longer. In 2010, she earned her IFBB Pro Card in bikini. She's a, a bikini bodybuilder, I guess is what the IFBB is. And she was invited to compete in the Miss Olympia contest, where she finished eighth in 2011. Juliana has been a multiple-time cover girl for Fitness RX magazine, as well as being named, as I said, Miss Supercross. Your Fantasy Girl of the Week, like I said, check her out on the website, mycfl.com. Juliana Danielle, no measurements for you this week, since Dan's not here to, to be guessing them. Um, we'll do that again next time. But until next time, our next podcast will be, we're going to take a week off because there's nothing going on next week between um, the NF, NFC and AFC championship games and the Super Bowl. I mean, other than the Pro Bowl, but you know, real people don't bet on the Pro Bowl. So there's no reason to do a podcast next week. We will talk to you the week of the Super Bowl. Um, hopefully it'll be between the Chiefs and, well, doesn't matter which side on the other side. Rams. Saints, I'm fine with either one. For my betting purposes, I'm hoping for the Rams, but uh, we'll take either one. Um, until then, you got questions, comments, concerns, be sure to email us, cffpodcast at hotmail.com, or you can get Dan at strap1971 at yahoo.com. Don't forget about the fan call in line, 414-520-8249. You can call, leave a message, or you can text and we'll be happy to read that on the air. Until Super Bowl 53 week, be good, and we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.